Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks for downloading the John Kintura Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Live from America's finest city, it's the John Cantera Show. Oh, doctor! Now, here's the coach, John Cantera, on 97.3 The Fan. Well, we uh, jump into hour number two on a Tuesday. Uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us. And, uh, boy, again, uh, thanks to Bill Shake and uh, some incredible stuff uh, regarding uh, the, the players' union, the owners, the way he sees it, and uh, just uh, his thoughts on the designated hitter as well. Uh, you know, growing up in San Diego, watching National League ball, and, of course, watched the Angels for years with the DH, but, you know, watching National League ball, you know, I, I could deal with the DH for one year, but I, I know they're pushing, pushing, pushing to get the DH uh, permanently in uh, Major League Baseball in both leagues. So we'll see where that goes. But I have a feeling the next collective bargaining agreement. Now, think about this. Tony Clark and Manfred, the owners, they got to get a deal done just to get through this 2020 baseball season. And, boy, Bill Shaken uh, really uh, rattled my cage a little bit when he said it could take several weeks for these guys to come to an agreement on this. But then they're going to have to go back to the bargaining table and get a new uh, collective bargaining agreement uh, going forward uh, here in the, in the, for the next couple of years. So, Wow, a lot to uh, digest. I'd love to hear from you today. I'm sure a lot of baseball fans out there had to have really enjoyed that interview with Bill Shaken. And I'd like you to give me a call and tell me what your thoughts are uh, on that. And again, uh, for people that may not be aware, uh, the owner's proposal, and it came out yesterday. I don't know why they let that out early. I mean, it kind of puts the the, uh, the uh, players and the player association uh, in a corner because everything's out publicly before it's ever presented to them. And, uh, again, the players are always going to look bad. But, I mean, we're going through something now that let's hope we never go through again in our lifetime or anyone else's lifetime, this pandemic, uh, the coronavirus. But the owner's proposal. Uh, if you missed it, and we talked about it yesterday, and we talked about it in the open today, 82-game regular season, 14 playoff teams, seven in each league. Uh, that's up from 10 a year ago, five in each league. The universal DH, the roster would expand to 30 players. Now, remember, it was going to go from 25 to 26, but they're going to take it up to 30. There's going to be a 20-man practice squad. And right now, uh, the owners would like a 50-50 revenue split with the players. And again, they're not going to be getting parking, ticket sales, concessions, merchandise sales, ballpark advertising. To me, and I said it yesterday on the show, I think 50% is pretty good. 
But then you go back to what the uh, the players and owners agreed upon, and boy, that was an open-ended uh, agreement uh, when Bill Shaken read the document that the players would get 50% of the revenue, but that was basically if, you know, I think uh, they, they played the season and there were uh, fans in the stands. Well, there are not going to be fans in the stands. There may not be fans in the stands the entire year. So now the owners want to go back and say it's 50-50, and the players are saying, hey, wait a minute, you're not going to put a salary cap on us. So we'll find out where this uh, meeting went today. But Bill Shaken, boy, he didn't paint a real great picture that it may take several weeks. So I'd love to hear from you today. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Reminder, tomorrow morning i got a live Twitter chat at 1115 on our Twitter page at 973 SD. You can send your questions in. You can send them in right now. I'll uh, get them up and uh, ready. You know, I was looking, and I, I shared this in the first hour of the program. Mike Trout, this year, is scheduled to make $37.7 million. That would be prorated, obviously, over 82 ball games. Garrett Cole, he'd make $18 million. Probably wouldn't even make 18 starts this year. He'd be making over a million dollars a start, which really isn't uh, all that surprising. Max Scherzer's due to make 35.9 prorated uh, uh, down. So uh, Max Scherzer would be making about 18. Uh, Zach Greinke, 35, 17 and a half. Strasburg the same at 35, Arenado at 35, uh, cut that in half. Our man uh, Manny Machado, 32 million. He'd get 16 million for 82 ball games. Wow, sure wish I was a talented ball player. I can tell you that. I think Braden and I are in the wrong business. Uh, let's uh, get to our topic this segment. And our buddy AJ Casavell, talk about a guy that's really uh, given us a yeoman's effort on uh, MLB.com and Padres.com. And once we get uh, back up and running, he'll be our regular uh, 97.3 The Fans Padre Insider. Does an incredible job, hard-working guy, and a real smart guy. But he uh, he went back in time. And, I mean, he had to really go back in time. But he came up with a really cool uh, piece, how the Padres trading Goose Gossage led to their 1998 National League pennant. And, Braden, uh, he really uh, did a lot of legwork on this one. Uh, yeah, he did. He did do a lot of legwork on this one. It's kind of like uh, a trade that went into another trade that went into another trade that went into another trade that went into uh, <laughs> a reason why they were successful uh, in 1998. But the first one is, uh, you know, signing Goose Gossage as a free agent in 1984. Obviously, Goose Gossage had an impact uh, in that season for the Padres that went to the NLCS uh, and then ultimately the World Series. Uh, Goose Gossage posted a 2.90 ERA over 102 and in third innings, finishing fifth in the NL Cy Young Award voting, uh, voting and the Padres captured the NL crown with Gossage on the mound as he pitched two scoreless frames to close out the winner-take-all NLCS Game 5. Uh, fast forward four years in advance, Padres end up trading Goose Gossage and Ray Hayward to the Cubs for Keith Moreland and Mike Brumley. Four years later, the Padres' window for contention in the NL West had closed. They remained competitive in 85, and Gossage authored one of the best seasons of his career, but he slumped in 86 and 87. Padres had to part ways with them. Instead, they brought in Keith Moreland and Mike Brumley, and you're like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Fast forward to 1989, Padres trade Mike Brumley to the Tigers for Luis Salazar, uh, which turned into... Uh, in 1989, a trade for uh, a trade that sent Luis Salazar and Marvel Win to the Chicago Cubs for Darren Jackson, Calvin Schiraldi, and a player to be named later. Uh, that player to become Phil Stevenson. In 1993, the Padres would then trade Darren Jackson to the Blue Jays for Derek Bell and Stoney Briggs, which uh, leads us to the ultimate trade that really put the Padres over the top. 
On December 28, 1994, Padres traded Derek Bell, Doug Doug Brickale, Ricky Gutierrez, Pedro Martinez, not that Pedro Martinez, Phil Plantier, Craig Shipley to the Houston Astros for Ken Caminetti, Steve Finley, uh, Andrew Hart, Cedeno, Robert uh, Pettigin, and uh, Brian Williams, and a player to be named later, which becomes Sean Fesh. But you got Ken Caminetti and Steve Finley. Of course, those were two big impact players for the Padres uh, during the 90s, including the 1998 uh, campaign and World Series. That's how Goose Gossage got turned into Ken Caminetti and Steve Finley. A big conversation piece is like we've, we've always talked about all these trades that the Padres have had in their history. Uh, and if you start going through it, I mean, it's hard to, because, you know, you always think, bring up the facts like, well, what if we had Gary Sheffield a- a- added to this team if we never got rid of him? Well, if you, did, if you kept Gary Sheffield, you wouldn't have Trevor Hoffman. And the same thing goes with a lot of different cases when you start talking about, like, Anthony Rizzo uh, being dealt to the Cubs and you bring in an Andrew Kashner and all of a sudden those pieces get traded for somebody else uh, and what have you. So uh, it's very interesting to see how some of these trades work. Uh, and later on in the in the show, we're going to talk about a future star that the Padres let get away. Uh, there's been a handful of those in Padres history, but there's one in particular uh, that you'll uh, even – a lot of Padres fans know about this guy, but some don't even realize uh, was a Padres farmhand for a long time. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that later. Plus a lot of other future stars that left a lot of other Major League Baseball teams uh, that we'll dive into as well because it's not just the Padres that let some guys get away sometimes. There's a, there's a lot of other teams that uh, fall victim to this as well. Hey, Brayden, I'll, I'll mention a couple of names uh, Names you uh, uh, ran off there. Luis Salazar, and Luis Salazar in that uh, uh, game five in 1984 uh, came in uh, late in the ball game and played the outfield. He ended up hitting a triple in that ball game. Watched him uh, do that the other day. He actually had, I think, three uh, different tours of duty with the San Diego Padres. A uh, uh, good, uh, hard-nosed, old-school baseball guy. Could play third, could play the outfield, uh, swing the bat a little bit, could run a little bit until he broke an ankle. Uh, once upon a time back in the minor leagues uh, and Phil Stevenson uh, Phil Stevenson played just briefly in the big leagues with the Padres but Phil Stevenson was actually the college baseball player of the year for his brother Gene Stevenson of Wichita State and uh, I'll tell you a funny story about Phil Stevenson um, the National Baseball Coaches Convention was in town, uh, this is many years ago, this is right, uh, like in maybe uh, 2005, 2006, and I was at the uh, that Sky Bar uh, right across from uh, Petco, and Mike Gustafson, who's the head of the uh, uh, College Baseball Hall of Fame down in Lubbock, Texas, is a former player of mine, he's the, uh, the director and president of the College Baseball Hall of Fame, and so we were there, and Phil Stevenson was there, he was coaching junior college baseball in Kansas, and Phil Stevenson, you know, played for the Padres, and you know he never gets Diego and he goes man I'd really like to go to Petco Park I go it's a Sunday night about 10 o'clock and I go you know what Phil let's go over to the ballpark see if we can get in I went down uh, the street there and knocked on the security guard, and one of the guys in there knew me, and he let us go in, let us walk around, and I got to show Phil Stevenson uh, Petco Park at like 10 o'clock on a Sunday night, and he always was, I thought that was really cool, but that was the only, and then I had dinner with him the next night, and that's the only time I've ever seen Phil Stevenson, but he was a good guy, but really wanted to get into a chance to see Petco Park, uh, kind of a funny story. You know, the other thing that I was going to bring up, and I, I meant to bring it up yesterday, in that game uh, that was on television, and again, there were uh, uh, three Padre games at 12, 3, and 7 on, on the MLB Network, Honor and Tony, over the weekend. But the game at, uh, at uh, 
the the Wednesday night game against the Giants, the Padres ended up winning 11 to 10 in 12 innings. By the way, you mentioned Pedro Martinez; he had a bases loaded suicide to bunt to win that ball game. Believe it or not, but in that game, Trevor Hoffman came in and pitched. And I don't know how many people that watched that game the other day. Trevor was not wearing uh, back uh, in 1993. He was not wearing number 51. He was actually wearing number 34 in that ball game. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I remember early on he didn't wear 51, but eventually, you know, he made that uh, a famous number here in San Diego and went on to the Baseball Hall of Fame. But when Trevor Hoffman first got traded here, uh, people were on him, and they were on the general manager, Randy Smith, at that time. They thought it was an awful trade with the Miami Marlins, but it worked out uh, very well for our San Diego Padres. But uh, that's interesting because, man, there are a lot of players you mentioned, and uh, AJ, he had a lot of work to do on that one. I've done that before where I started breaking down some of the trades and going into another trade and like how players got flipped into other players and it's just so much work and you have no uh, you really have no idea like all like the inner workings of how uh, some of these players end up on your team and actually what you uh, you know ultimately gave up to get some of those guys on the roster by flipping some guys for other team um, you know for other players that you turned into uh, you know trades for other pieces and well as well so uh, that's a big research project for AJ Casabell and hats off to uh, AJ good friend of the show good friend of ours um, out there uh, creating great content for these last nine weeks I mean it's been uh, we've we've had multiple. AJ Casavell uh, pieces on talked about on our show uh, based on all the work that he's been putting in and uh, you know as as uh, difficult it is for us to uh, create content and we're talking about all sports I mean he's just focused on the Padres and he's still making uh, uh, great content each and every day for MLB.com and we thank uh, AJ Casavell for all his hard work. Braden, I'm sitting here as you're talking and you know I'm listening to what you're saying but I, I this is, I got this on my mind about the, this player uh, situation. You know, I'm looking at a guy like Tatis, who this year probably makes somewhere, I'm guessing, right around $800,000 if he played the entire year. Uh, And the Padres have him under control for this year and four more years before they have to give him a long-term contract. And I'm sure they'll, uh, once they, uh, you know, see him a second year, I'm sure they'll uh, go to work on that. Maybe his agent uh, and his representation, they don't want a long-term contract. They want to see where it goes and see what the market is in, in two or three or four years from now. But I'm, I'm thinking about a guy like Tatis. If he were to make pro-rated, say, 82 games, let's just make it easy, $400,000. You, you take the taxes out, you know, he's probably making a little over, maybe a little over $200,000. And that sounds like a lot of money to a, a lot of people. But when you're thinking you're going to make, you know, 800000 and probably keep 500000 that that's a big difference. Those are the guys I feel sorry for, or the guys that – or, or the marginal players, or the young players that are making the seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. They're the ones that's going to hurt them probably more than it is a guy that's you know making the the thirty five million and it's cut in half. I mean, I realize everybody has their lifestyle and their country club membership and this and that, but I feel uh, sorry for the the fourth outfielders of the world and the utility infielders and the backup catchers. That's that's who I'd feel bad for in this whole situation. Well, I got I know a lot of friends that uh, you know. Uh that are in you know the the cusp they're right on the cusp of being in the pros 
uh, you know, kind of like that, right. uh, you know, double in the A, big in the, yeah, the double A, triple A uh, jump right there to the pro uh, to the major leagues. Uh, and some of them have had, you know, dipped their toe in there, and, and some of them haven't. But they're right, they're they're really right there on, on making a big league club. And a lot of them were during spring training. Uh, and those guys aren't making as much as you know, the, the, you see the big contracts and what have you, and they're just kind of sitting around. And then you start weighing in the fact that. Uh, you know they got to make that taxi squad, otherwise they might just not have a season at all uh, this year. When the, when you're talking about minor leagues and they're trying to stay uh, into it, they're trying to stay healthy, they're trying to uh, you know be able to pay their bills and do their thing. I mean they're already not. Um, you know some of them, of course, signed you know big uh, signing bonuses when they were uh, drafted, but you know you can't survive on that money forever. And eventually you're gonna have to start making some money. And when you're not playing, you're not making any money. And those guys are the ones. You know, I think about more. I mean, you can think about the Garrett Coles of the world and the Mike Trouts, and it really doesn't matter to them uh, because they have a lot of money. They have a lot more money coming their way uh, down the road. Not only uh, you know, even with the half of what they're getting are supposed to get compared to uh, you know what they're fully going to get at the end of the uh, you know their contracts, but. You got to think about some of these young guys that uh, you know, and, and and granted, it's it's probably still a lot more money than you know, you know, you and I are making, and a lot of people listening are making. But you know, it affects a lot of people. I know people. it's more than you and I are making. Yeah, it affects a lot of people, and there's a lot of guys that uh, you know are are trying to survive playing baseball, and that's and especially in the minor leagues. I mean, those guys, uh, you know, we hear it all the time about how uh, they're underpaid, and you know, they're severely underpaid uh, compared to what they do, and. You know, I usually don't have too much sympathy for that because they get to play a game uh, for uh, for 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 cash and what have you. But I mean, it's it's those are the guys I'm thinking about more than the guys that are making the 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 thirty million dollars a year. Because at the end of the day, uh, those are the guys that are going to want to come back more than the guys that are making thirty million dollars uh, a year and the guys that uh, don't necessarily need to put their you know their their health on the line in order to play. Uh, they're not going to be a uh, minor league season. I, I just can't see it. There, there's no way you're going to be sending guys down to the South Atlantic League or the Pacific Northwest League or the Texas League, the Southern League. Uh, I just don't see it. I think uh, what's going to end up happening, you know, if you're on the San Francisco Giants or the Padres, you're going to go to Arizona. You're going to be at your uh, spring training facility. You're going to work out. You take your ground balls. You're hitting. Pitchers will pitch. You'll have inter-squad games. Uh, maybe at some point you can, you know, uh, venture over to take on the Seattle Mariners if you're the Padres since they're in the same complex. But I don't see a, a, a true uh, – uh, minor league season. I mean, I don't think I can't imagine Lake Elsinore Storm uh, taking the the diamond this year uh, up there at the diamond at Lake Elsinore. I just can't see that happening at all, Braden. Well, it doesn't make sense to have that happen, and I'm I'm for no. and an optimist about there's going to be sports coming up. Uh, and there will be sports, and I think it's going to be major sports. But if you're if you're thinking about it logically, I mean, if you're if you're thinking like let's just say worst case scenario in terms of playing uh, without any fans for the entire season, why would you even waste your time doing that for the minor leagues? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I would imagine you're not you're not having, you're not making money on TV contracts in the minor leagues, uh, and if you have to pay for them to travel and deal with all this health risk, why don't you just have them play at your spring training facility and they can work the entire summer uh, instead of uh, having to worry about the risks of them traveling on a bus and having to stay in hotels and spending money on on uh, on uh, all these uh, minor league uh, uh, teams that you know, at the end of the day you could probably get uh, oh it's not the same when you're not you know playing each other but you could probably get just as much work out of them uh, being at your spring training facilities and keeping everything kind of close and in a bubble uh, when you throw out the when when they threw out that idea about the bubble for major league baseball 
Uh, it actually makes more sense to have the bubble for minor league baseball, and you just have all the minor league clubs uh, stay in Arizona and stay in Florida. Those guys, uh, you know, some of them have families and wives and, and kids, but the majority of those guys are very young. I mean, they're very they're 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 my age and younger. Uh, and you know, sure there will be exceptions to the rule, of course, with some older guys, but um, they're mostly young guys on their own, and that's 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 a good kind of bubble experiment if you want to do one, uh, because you could have the you know all the Padres farm affiliates. You have all those fields out there in Arizona. Zona and you can have camp and practice at night and do what you need to do. Maybe do an inner squad against the you know the Mariners prospects and maybe a couple nearby uh, you know game, uh, teams that are in the Arizona area. That to me seems more feasible uh, than a minor league season. And again, just like the AHL canceled. I mean, uh, when you're talking about minor leagues, there's not as much money on the line for it to make sense uh, to take the risk in order to make this happen. Where major league sports and major collegiate sports have a lot more risk involved in terms of not having a season. So it makes I, I don't think a season or a year without minor league baseball and minor league hockey is saying like we're not going to have sports. I think it's more of a a practical and logical statement to make. As in, you know what? It's probably not going to work in terms of finances anyway. Why risk it? Too much travel, too much moving around. You need to stay in one place right now. Hey, I want to remind everyone that you can join 97.3 The Fan. Friday mornings at 10 a.m. for our virtual game of the week presented by B&B Appliance. Each week, The Fan will stream a simulation of MLB The Show's 20 on our Facebook page at 97.3 The Fan. And thanks to B&B Appliance for bringing baseball back to San Diego. Shop smart, shop local. BNBAppliance.com. Padres on a win streak, man. They've won four in a row, uh, beating the Dodgers each of the last two uh, Fridays. So hopefully keep it uh, rolling uh, this week. We'll uh, step aside. We've been talking a lot of baseball. Want to get to your phone calls. I'm sure everyone has an opinion. If you're a baseball fan, if you don't have an opinion, you better check your heartbeat and your pulse. Love to hear from you today. 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. When we come back, how about this? The NBA is texting their players to gauge whether or not they want to continue to play the season. We'll talk about that and get to your phone calls next as the John Contreras Show rolls on on a Tuesday. Thanks for joining us right here on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, 125 on a Tuesday. Thanks so much for uh, joining the program. I want to get out to your phone calls. I would imagine uh, if you're a baseball fan, you got to have an opinion one way or the other. Isn't 50 50 pretty fair? Uh, splitting between the players and owners without fans in the stands, considering the owners aren't going to have uh, parking, they're not going to have ticket sales, concessions, merchandise sales, can't sell jerseys, baseball memorabilia, ballpark advertising. What's fair? If you're the commissioner or you're Tony Clark, what is fair? And I want to hear it from both sides. You know, I could sit here. I think it's fair. 50-50 to me is fair. And I think also if you end up getting uh, people back to the ballpark and you're getting parking, ticket revenue, concessions, uh, sports memorabilia, you're buying in the Padre store or the Angel store, and you get advertising. I don't know about the advertising in the ballpark. I think the best way uh, for uh, people to advertise would probably be on the radio and television, to be honest with you, at least for the 2020 baseball season. That that makes sense to me. You get the message out. Uh, you know, you may uh, pay for half of the season, uh, you know, 41 games. 
But the problem is there's only 41 going to be played in your ballpark. So you're talking about 20, 21 ball games at home this year if, indeed, we're able to go in at all. We don't know if we're going to be able to go in at all. Uh, but I would expect you to have an opinion on this. One way or the other, whether you're on the player's side or the owner's side, and the players, it sounds like for Bill Shake, and they're going to turn down this proposal of the 82-game schedule and the 50-50 revenue split. So if you were on the, in the go, negotiating table, how, how would you go about it? If you're Tony Clark or you're Rob Manfred, you tell me. You play commissioner today. I'm not going to play commissioner because I think 50-50 is fair for both the parties right now. Now, again, if the ballparks are opened up, uh, you know, for half of the season, you know, 20 games, 21 games, then you share in the revenue. But everybody's a little bit different. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. I want to get to uh, this. I find this very interesting because I've been watching a lot uh, of ESPN and watching SportsCenter at the top of the hour to see, you know, what uh, uh, moving we have in the different sports. And the NBA has been pretty quiet. But now the NBA is starting to, behind the scenes, do some things. They've been texting players to gauge whether or not they want to continue the season. Now, they better not text LeBron James because LeBron James, you know what he's going to say. He wants to play. He wants to win that that trophy. He wants to win that championship. But, Braden, going to be interesting. Like we talked, and we're going to have Kurt Heelan on tomorrow from NBC Sports. Uh, we're going to uh, have him on and talk NBA tomorrow. I think it'll be interesting to see what Kurt has to say tomorrow because I think, uh, and Braden, you and I, and I think, are in agreement on this. If the NBA comes back, the NHL comes back, they just need to get to the playoffs. Well, I, I thought we were going <laughs> to. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, hey, Braden, uh, I wanted to get your uh, opinion real quick here before we get to the bottom of the hour. Don't you agree with me? And no matter what Adam Silver is doing as far as uh, texting players and having his uh, uh, assistants text players, don't you think if they do come back in the NHL as well, just go to the playoffs? Uh, I think that's going to be the case. Uh, honestly, I don't think they're going to come back. I, I think uh, at a certain point they're just going to be like, you know, let's just pack up and, and get ready for the next year because – uh, you know, at this rate, it just doesn't. I, 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 maybe it's because I'm not. You know, I lost interest in it. I forgot the NBA was even a thing. Like as as of like the last four weeks, and I'm almost losing interest in baseball at this point too. Where where I'm at the point, I'm like, you know what? Let's just wait till September and see if we can get some football going. But uh, I, I just, I don't really. I mean, the way that they've been operating in the NHL has been kind of quiet. I, I just don't see them coming back. Well, we'll uh, we're going to find out about that here, uh, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. But again, it's day to day. That's all I can say at this point in time. Hey, Braden, we do have bench the coach coming up. Uh, let everyone know exactly what we're doing today on bench the coach. And again, uh, today we're going to be playing uh, for that uh, Maui chicken meal and fried Oreos from Chicken Charlie's. Uh, it's going to be uh, bench the coach is going to be an NFL question today involving uh, playoff wins for teams, all time playoff wins. Okay, very good. Oh, that'll be a good one. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, this hour of the show uh, is brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Tired of being tracked online? DuckDuckGo can help. They help millions of people like you take control of their personal information online. With one download, you can search anonymously and block creepy trackers. All for free. DuckDuckGo. Privacy 
uh, simplified. And with that, we're going to head to the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we'll get to uh, more of your phone calls. And again, we got Bench the Coach coming up here at about 150. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Coach John Kinter, we're headed to 3 o'clock today in the Gwen and Chris program right here on San Diego's number one sports station. Thanks for tuning in to 97.3 The Fan. One thirty-six. The time we got bench the coach coming up here at uh, one fifty, and uh, uh, Braden uh, going to go uh, the NFL uh, route today. So if you'd like to uh, be a participant, have a chance to take me down. Uh, call in right now at eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three eight three three two eight eight. 0973. We're going to get into uh, why Major League Baseball owners' plan will not get approved here momentarily. But Braden, last segment when I went to you, you were not there, and I wondered what happened to you. Uh, let everyone know exactly what happened in the last segment. Right, and we even had uh, another guy uh, call in during that time, Ryan. If I miss your phone call, uh, please call back because I was uh, dealing with uh, an interesting conversation uh, with a uh, with somebody that uh-huh. called in. Uh, he I, he. He calls in, and I immediately put him in the you know the queue and the the system here where I can be able to do it at the same time as you know doing everything else. Um, and I go, okay, nice having through the fan. What's going on? And he just starts just screaming at me uh, about some take that we had and how it's BS and we're spewing propaganda. And it was the worst take he's ever heard. And he's like, and then he starts going into how he's an epidemiologist and like he's done through all his school and like all this other doctor stuff. And then he starts, uh, then he starts saying he's like, I've heard better takes from my C plus students in high school that I used to teach that didn't know crap about anything. And I'm just like, what is this guy talking about? I was. About about ready to just like unload so much built up like stress and anger that I've had over the last <laughs> nine weeks on this guy for just like I'm like what is he t-? I'm sitting there going is he thinking about what we're talking about with minor league players or I was like we haven't said anything uh, on this show period about like what people should be doing and how like we're being read uh, you know led the wrong way and whatever I, I think we've done a pretty good job of keeping our opinions to a to a minimum to a certain extent I'm sitting there trying to think back and and as I'm doing that before, because he's still like just spewing garbage the entire time, and I have no, I'm just like I'm almost tuning him out. And then he's like, and then he goes, uh, yeah, and tell Doug Gottlieb, uh, Gottlieb, and I'm like, Doug, God, what? I was like, are you calling the right show? And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa sir, let me let me slow you down right now. What show exactly are you calling? And he says, it's the Doug Gottlieb show. I'm like, no, it's not. This is the John Contender. Where are you calling from? And he's like, Vegas. And I'm like. It's not even like you're not even like in the city of San Diego. I don't, and he's and then he he quickly starts. I was like, dude, that's not our show. We're not talking about that. Like, I don't know what your deal is. And he he felt so bad and started apologizing like for like five minutes uh, during that entire segment. I missed that entire segment. Listen to this guy. Uh, and then he talked about how he much he loved San Diego and uh, he spent time in California going to school. Uh, it sounded like he's been at like almost every university ever. Um, and then he said. Uh, what did he say? He said he was a big Ricky Henderson fan uh, for the majority of his life, and uh, <laughs> apparently he got to see the last uh, series here at uh, Qualcomm Stadium for uh, Ricky Henderson and, and Tony Gwynn's final game, and he was so fired up about that and said it was a memorable experience and how much he loves San Diego, and when this is over, he wants to come back and visit San Diego. And I said, you know what, sir? Thank you for apologizing because I was about to unleash hell on you uh, in a matter of moments. And he said, you know what? I would have deserved it. <laughs> I said, that's fine. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought somebody uh, captured you or something. I went there in a little bit of dead air, but, hey, you know what? You're doing a variety of different things back there and uh, uh, hearing from all the callers. And, by the way, uh, we need uh, uh, someone to call in if they want to try to uh, win the, the Maui chicken meal and fried Oreos, uh, courtesy of our buddy at Chicken Charlie's. we got Bench the Coach coming up. Uh, give us a call right now. Get into the rotation at 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. We're going to get to that uh, Major League Baseball owner's plan and why it won't get approved by Major League uh, Baseball Players Association in a minute. But let's get out to Dave in Eastlake. Dave, welcome to 97.3 The Fan. How are you today? I'm good. And yourself? I'm doing very well. Thanks for the call. What do you got going today? Uh, I'm just in the middle of my Amazon delivery route right now, pulling about 150 pounds at the moment. So wow, well, uh, use your legs. <laughs> I am. So um, about this uh, this negotiation going on, I really think that the owners are cherry-picking this situation, and I think that the players' union should take this as an opportunity to lay the groundwork for future years by actually saying, okay, so if you want us to take a 50-50 for now, you guys are going to have to open up your books and do that for the foreseeable future because – these owners are making enough money as it is, and if they're willing to do this right now, why couldn't they do it later? Well, first of all, Dave, I don't think the owners are going to open up their books. They've never opened up the books to the, the Players Association, and I don't think they're going to start now. Oh, I agree with you, and I think that that's just something to kind of throw in their face and say, hey, you know what, you guys aren't going to act in good faith as it is, and now, now when, you know, the the chips are down you guys want to start cherry picking at you know our salary so hey either you guys want to do this for life and just open up your books or let's just stay with the original plan well dave let me ask you this you know i'm going to play uh, owner uh, if i i have no money coming in other than tv money and i'm the miami marlins I'm going to lose a lot of money this year uh, uh, paying my players, even though they don't have any real high-priced players down there because all my money's going out, and other than the TV money, I don't have any money coming in except maybe you know what the fans will buy off the Internet, buy uh, jerseys and caps and stuff like that. I mean, they're, they're missing out on a ton of revenue. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that, and, and I'm, I can empathize with both sides. Uh, but... Like I said, I mean, you got to give some and take some if you're going to take some as well. And I think that they're really just, uh, you know, if, they, if they're willing to take it on the chin for future years, they should be able to take, uh, you know, they, they should take it now as well. Well, I think uh, some of the, the team, it's not going to matter. I mean, the Dodgers, not going to matter. Definitely the Yankees, Boston. I know Boston's had some uh, uh, financial uh, uh, issues. That's why they peddled some of their players, namely Mookie Betts. Uh, the, the Chicago Cubs, I hear, once this uh, roster freeze is over, uh, they want to peddle some players. Probably Chris Bryant will be a former Cub. Hey, Dave, be safe out there, uh, and uh, make sure you're using those legs when you're lifting those big packages, my friend. And thanks so much for the call. You got it, Coach. Thank you. All right. Uh, interesting to take. Uh, definitely uh, siding with the players. What's the next uh, person have to say? 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Uh, Braden, we got time. Let's get to this right now because I think uh, we can't talk enough about this right now because it sounds like from Bill Shaken of the L.A. Times, who joined us in hour number one, uh, this is going to be ongoing. He doesn't see a settlement uh, for several weeks, and, and I, I'm having a hard time believing several weeks because we're sitting in May. I mean, today's May 12th, 
and they're talking about you know getting spring training going you know hopefully in the middle of june uh then uh, get the the regular season underway uh, early july uh, we'll see if that time frame actually works out uh, and you know there's no we may not even have a season okay but you got to do everything in the positive hoping there is going to be a baseball season but why the mlb owners plan will not get approved and uh, you can go through all the the different scenarios and then we'll talk a little bit about it uh, I don't think it's going to get approved. Oh, it's not this this plan in general is not going to get approved. They'll, they're they're probably going to go and, and negotiate and and throw a couple of ideas out there and and different deals. I've not seen anything in terms of uh, what the meeting was like today. Even if they're still in a meeting, I've not heard anything yet on Twitter uh, or any big news uh, being jumped out there about them uh, declining the uh, offer yet uh, or a counter offer either. I, and I think a counter offer is coming. And honestly. Uh, you like you know, coach. I mean, I'm sure you've negotiated for uh, cars and, and and houses and all sorts of things throughout your entire life. Uh, what do you throw out there first? You throw out there an outlandish idea that you think maybe if they if they say yes, we can get a lot out of it, but we're not expecting them to say yes to this deal. Uh, and then you start working down back to a, a a middle a middle point, a medium ground uh, to make this deal work. Uh, in terms of the fifty fifty split, I find it very interesting. In terms of revenue, because they don't really, first of all, they have no idea how much money they're going to make. There's no, I mean, there's, you can throw out numbers, but there's no, uh, there's no accurate way of knowing how much revenue they're going to make, uh, because you don't know if you're going to have people in the stands or not, limits of people in the stands, not, concessions open, parking, any of that, you have no idea. Uh, Here's a quick breakdown that Jeff Passan did and try to do some math here. Uh, because remember yesterday we we're talking about well, what's the what's the what's the uh, ulterior here? Uh, what's how much money do you get if it's fifty fifty? How much money uh, do you get if it's uh, you know if you already go with the uh, original plan of uh, whatever the se- amount of season uh, number of games you get uh, prorate your contract and of course uh, not playing a season at all. Uh, the biggest question, of course, was the fifty fifty revenue split because we didn't know what the revenue was going to be. Uh, according to Forbes. Last year in 2019, the revenue was $10.7 billion for Major League Baseball. Uh, so that's going to be the, the kind of the ballpark number that Jeff Passan uses during his uh, kind of his math he does here. Uh, let's use that number. Estimate about 40% of local revenue will vanish without ticket sales. So now you're down to $6.4 billion um, in terms of revenue for Major League Baseball. Uh, sources have estimated that local tev- television revenue is somewhere between $2.2 billion and $2.5 billion range annually, which, by the way, uh, 50% of local revenue is pooled and shared between all the teams. Uh, so that's not going to be that big of a deal. Because teams under this plan would pe- play only half the games, there's half the revenue. Uh, so kind of bake it another $1.2 billion cut uh, to your 10.7 that you originally had. Uh, with all that coming together, you're down to about $5.2 billion in revenue this year, uh, assuming no fans in the stands, uh, kind of uh, you know local TV and radio contracts down in, in, in terms of, of uh, revenue across the board. Um, National TV money is estimated at $1.7 billion a year. Uh, that's, of course, the point of implementing expanded playoffs to try to maintain that money as much as possible. Uh, they will lose some of that with the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game being canceled. Uh, and uh, so that kind of puts you around the range of probably $5 billion in terms of overall revenue. Now, if you do the 50-50 split with the $5 billion, according to the original plan, player salaries 
for 2020 were estimated somewhere between $4.2 billion and $4.4 billion. Uh, so we'll go with the 4.3, kind of a, a mix between the two. The prorated salary is about 50.6% of the games, so that's around $2.18 billion just distinguished to the players. Half of, say, $4.8 billion would be $2.4 billion. So cause, is it possible to do a 50-50 split? I mean, right now, I mean, best case scenario, if you do a 50-50 split, the players are going to get that 50% reduction that they were already expecting. Uh, so if you go with the 50-50 revenue split, that's the max you could potentially make, which I know the players don't want to do because they don't want anything capped in salary. It then goes on to say that part of the deal, it doesn't have anything to say with the fact that if you make more than the 50% pay cut that they've already originally uh, agreed upon, you wouldn't get any additional money if you're the players. So you're, you're basically capped at the most you can make is 50% or you can make less depending on how much revenue they make. Uh, to me, that's not necessarily the greatest of deals if I'm a player, especially since I agreed to uh, already prorated salary that doesn't have to affect based on the revenue. Because the thing is, not only are the players putting themselves on the line, and regardless if they're healthy or not, some of their spouses might have underlying health conditions, some of their relatives, uh, other members of the team in terms of managers and coaches might have underlying health conditions. You just don't know. Plus, there's always um, you know outliers in there that, that could harm some young uh, player. So they're, they're, regardless of what you say about the guys being young and be able to handle it, which you know I'm one of those the guys that believes that they can, uh, things might happen. So they're putting their bodies on the line. Not only that, they are getting dinged with the uh, the the losses in terms of if there's no revenue compared to the owners that are going to are obviously they're not going to make the 0.7 billion they're expecting uh, but the fact of the matter is they could still make their money back in, or make some of their money back in some of the revenue sharing where the players get capped at a certain amount if I'm the players I'm not taking an additional pay cut and taking the big loss here for what Major League Baseball has to deal with in terms of a shortened season because at the end of the day. Uh, they don't have a game without us, and they kind of hold the leverage there. I'm curious to see what they come back as a counterproposal because I know they will. Uh, it's going to come down to money, but it also is going to come down to uh, some safety hazards uh, uh, as well. Uh, I, I I just don't think this original plan is going to be agreed upon. I said it yesterday. I don't think it was going to. I think the money doesn't make sense if you're a player. And I'm talking from if I put my you know myself in that position as a player that's like Mike Trout and a player that's like uh, one of the young guys up and coming. It doesn't make sense for me to make that move uh, in terms of money uh, because I'm putting myself at risk to potentially make less money than I was already guaranteed. I wonder if we're going to have a baseball season. I just wonder. This is going to go back and forth, but I got to believe there's some owners behind the scenes really thinking it. And we, uh, uh, talk with some people the last couple of days said, no, you know, Scott Miller said, no, the owners, you know, they, they, they want to play the season. But, you know, if this goes on and on and on, and we'll see what the, the counter proposal is by the Major League Baseball Player Association, and then we'll see what the owners come back with. But, you know, at some point, the, the owners may, uh, behind the scenes, just say, you know what, screw it. There, there are too many obstacles to overcome. Uh, we don't want to take a bath uh, financially even though, you know, they'll still get TV money and they're going to be paying out, you know, 50% of that TV money if that was the, the deal that eventually was agreed upon. But I, I'm real anxious to see because there are a lot of people, Very, this is a very emotional situation right now because of what our country has gone uh, through. And maybe it would be best, uh, the way some owners see it, maybe it would be best just to, you know, get through this year. Uh, all the players will get uh, service time that they earned a year ago. They'll get that tacked on 
Uh, this year, if you were up for 150 days last year, you'll get 150 days of service time. Uh, guys like Mookie Betts would be a free agent at the end of the year, never playing a day for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm anxious to see how this uh, works. Uh, you got Tony uh, uh, Clark, who's a really smart guy, very smart guy. But, uh, again, he, he's very young in this position. He's been in this position a few ta- few times. But uh, th- this is a very, very uh, uh, tedious negotiation, I think, Braden. Uh, it's very tedious, but here's the problem, Coach. If they don't have a season, it's way worse drastically, not only for the players uh, but also the owners, to the point where they can't not have a season uh, based on everything that they're all going to potentially lose out on. Because, honestly, the option of the 50-50 split compared to uh, you know the 50% uh, revenue or the fifty percent uh, prorated salary, you know that that's something that needs to be discussed. But at the end of the day, both the owners and the players know that they cannot not have a season. And, and when you're talking about the players, uh, they're not going to get paid uh, beyond a lump sum of 170 million negotiated in the March deal, which is a huge issue for so many players who live paycheck to paycheck. They lose a year of playing, an item of immense value for those who understand baseball is a profession with a sport short career span. Free agent market in 2020 is going to be a disaster. Uh, Major League Baseball Players Association may dip into savings reserve for an emergency, such as potential work stoppage after current collective bargaining uh, agreement expires after the 2021 season. Agents on whom players lean on for counsel don't receive commissions, and some accordingly are threatened with uh, this uh, type of loss. Owners' revenues are going to shrivel to nothing. Mass firings and furloughs take place. Multiple bankruptcies are possible for teams, either prompting bailouts from MLB or forcing owners to sell. Franchise values, which have skyrocketed in recent years, plummet because the recovery of the financial hole created by a lost 2020 season could take years. I mean, that outcome to me sounds a lot worse than some of these guys taking a finan- taking a pay cut, uh, both owners and players, assuming no fans are in the stands. Because at the end of the day, no fans in the stands is still better than no season at all because all those things I listed are all possibilities, and that sounds like a worst-case scenario. Well, all those scenarios are true. There's no question about that. Uh, but you've got a lot of egos involved and a lot of power of brokers involved here. Uh, we'll uh, see where it goes. I'm real anxious to find out what's going on in that meeting today because I don't think that meeting's over. They've been going at it for a number of hours now. Yeah, it's it's been going back and forth, which I think is is pretty good. That means they're probably having a, a conversation and trying to uh, you know get some things out of it, and hopefully uh, find a happy medium point where they can make a deal uh, later on this week. Again, sooner the better. I don't think it's going to take two weeks because there's too much pressure on both the uh, both organizations to get a, a deal done. But it's definitely going to take a lot of days and a lot of negotiating uh, over the next handful of days. And you know, Tony Clark's got his uh, work cut out for him as uh, well as the owners. It should be a, an interesting next couple of days here. Uh, I'm just hoping sooner rather than later they can come to some uh, kind of agreement uh, so we can get baseball back and running. Okay, Braden, once they get an agreement done, I want you to get uh, Tony Clark's email, and I want you to email him and see if he'll come on the program. And I think uh, he probably will, uh, considering I've known him since he was 17 years of age and used to make an effort whenever he'd come to San Diego uh, I'd go down, even when he was with the Boston Red Sox, I'd go down and interview him. He's a good guy, and uh, I think, uh, you know, if we could get in contact with him, he'd probably come on once they get this deal done. It'd be kind of fun. That sounds good, Coach. Uh, I can't, I'd love to, be, I know Ron Fowler and, and Peter, so I'd love to have those guys on the air. They're not going to talk right now. Uh, you know, I think it's best that 
neither side do a lot of talking to the media other than just say, hey, we had nice negotiations today and, you know, we're going to move on tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit more. Uh, I think uh, negotiate in the media, I'm not a big fan of. I think even with ball players, Braden, there, there's way too much information out there. Uh, as much as organizations try to, uh, you know, uh, stymie players from talking to the media a whole lot, I still think there's way too much information out there. And we uh, went a little bit long. We're going to get to uh, bench the coach in hour number three. This is the John Cantera Show right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Thanks for downloading the John Cantera Show on demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.